And you've also shared, uh, you know, examples of like having the same breakfast every day or, you know, I know Steve Jobs is like infamous for wearing basically the same outfit every day. Like he doesn't have to decide what he's going to put on because everything in his closet looks exactly the same. So while a lot of these like daily small decisions about like what we eat or what we wear or when we exercise. whether or not we work out oh, yeah. yeah um they seem small but every single one of those is adding up and taking away that mental bandwidth for you to make those bigger decisions yeah that's why i think like uh, uh, this topic is super um important because as soon as you become aware of the fact that even those little decisions add up then it's no wonder that people get stressed and burnt out like i remember when we had Ange on Angela Henderson on on the podcast mm-hmm. just recently. Um, she brought it up because she was... Hey friends, it's Nicole and Kate, your girls from across the globe, Sydney, Australia and Puerto Rico to be exact. And we're so excited to be sharing this time with you. I'm Kate. And I'm Nicole. And welcome back to another Candid Conversation with us. Each week, we bring you a new conversation about a topic that we can relate to. We share our own experiences and thoughts in the hopes that you'll realize that one, you're not alone, and two, that open and honest convos can lead to awesome discoveries, shifts in perspectives, and energy to move ahead with confidence. Because that's what real friends do. They provide love, support, and space for one another to share without judgment, speak without hesitation, and to learn from each other, even when we don't agree. And with that, let's dive in. Hi, Nicole. Hello, Kate. Oh, you poor thing. We are just, we're doing back-to-back recordings. So if you listen to our last episode on the books that we're reading right now, we're just carrying on from that. And again, I promise you, I've asked Nicole like 500 times if she's feeling good enough because <laughs> you can hear it in her voice a little bit. I'm still happy to keep going. I'm feeling good. And I love doing the back-to-back combo with you. It's fun. Yeah, me too. You're such a rock star as well. Well, we will. How about we save your voice a little bit? We dive straight into today's topic. Sounds good. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Today's topic is oh, look at that. I just made a decision just straight up. Look at what you did. I didn't even do it on purpose. (laughs) Today's topic is all about decision fatigue. And we're going to be talking about how making decisions throughout the day can really wear on you. And if you're not conscious of it, decision fatigue can result in you making mistakes or worse, poor decisions. So Nicole, to start us off today, I believe you have a definition to share with us. I do. So decision fatigue refers to the idea that the more decisions we make, the more our ability to make good decisions decreases. This is because when you're making decisions, it actually requires mental effort and energy. And when we use up that mental energy, making lots of decisions, we become more likely to make poor decisions or to struggle to make any decision at all. And this can affect anyone. Mm. When did you, this is something like I don't remember consciously being aware of the concept of decision fatigue until probably the last couple of years. Yeah, definitely. This is certainly not something that I like grew up learning about. That's for sure. Right. But it makes so much sense, right? When you read the definition, you're just like, oh, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So I think that I first learned about this term and the idea of decision fatigue from James Clear. 
Um, and he talked about making tough decisions early on in the day. This was kind of my first exposure to it is, is him talking about making tough decisions early on in the day. So big, important decisions that maybe would lead you to consider the pros and cons of something or consider like what else uh, will, will that decision affect um, that those should happen early in the day. The reason being, if you try and tackle that stuff later in the day, then you're much more mentally exhausted. You've likely already made a lot of decisions, you know, to the mm. point of your definition um, that that fatigue can lead to poor decision making frustration and mistakes. Yeah. I, I can say that and I agree that that it's true like you might ha- you'll have more energy in the morning and so you want to be able to make those decisions early on. I just don't think sometimes it can work out that way because of the mm. way your day goes. So I also heard when I was just doing a little bit of reading on this um that sometimes it's a good idea too and this might work for some people is to you know make decisions and make plans for the following day the day before so that when you're caught Mm. up in a day um where yeah you probably are caught up in that day of making so many decisions big and small whether it's personal life family life work whatever decisions about something for yourself that it can get all chaotic and you might end up making a, a bad decision, but some decisions could have been made the day before, which eliminates yeah. you know, the chances of making. So it's interesting. I definitely agree. I mean, this is James Clear, Atomic Habits. This this makes total sense. Because I, I, the other thing I kind of thought of is to, in, in this post-pandemic you know, world, work from home. I don't know if you have friends who – for their job they may have to take calls and meetings at different times of the day sometimes in the evening as well like oh i've got you know Mm. a client in london and so then so you kind of wonder like the way a day actually pans out in reality you know are you having to make really important decisions maybe later on in the day just because of your work and how that kind of impacts so i think it's a really interesting topic Yeah, definitely. I I like the idea of this time boxing and, you know, prepping for the day before being able to make these decisions um, ahead of time can really set you up for success, then you kind of get to hit the ground running, right? Versus sitting down and before you've even started, you already feel like you're behind because you're like, oh my gosh, okay, let me take out like all of my energy and all of my decision-making tools and whatever way you approach decision-making. Um, and, and that can be, that can be tough. Um, another thing that James talked about that I love, and this is kind of like tapping into a bit of his work on habits as well, is he talks about taking decisions out of the equation entirely by creating habits out of decisions that you have to make every day or that you make really often. So for example, you don't have to decide whether or not you want to work out if you put your clothes, your workout clothes out every single night. And when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you see is your workout clothes. Like that decision's kind of already made for you, right? You just have to put on the clothes and do it. Um, and you've also shared, uh, you know, examples of like having the same breakfast every day or, you know, I know Steve Jobs is like infamous for wearing basically the same outfit every day. Like he doesn't have to decide what he's going to put on because everything in his closet looks exactly the same. So 
while a lot of these like daily small decisions about like what we eat or what we wear or when we exercise. whether or not we work out, oh, yeah, yeah um, they seem small, but every single one of those is adding up and taking away that mental bandwidth for you to make those bigger decisions. Yeah, that's why I think like uh, uh, this topic is super um, important because as soon as you become aware of the fact that even those little decisions add up, then it's no wonder that people get stressed and burnt out. Like I remember when we had Ange on, Angela Henderson on on the podcast mm-hmm. just recently, um, she brought it up because she was talking about how so many women can feel completely fatigued and and burnt out because they're making so many decisions throughout the day that not only involve them their work let alone a business but they're making decisions for kids for the household what meals Mm -hmm. to prep shopping all of that and so yeah you might think oh how you know those small decisions they're not really like mentally taxing but it's that build up and i think so awareness is is key to yeah to i mean to avoid something as you know pretty extreme as like as burnout right and and i think a lot of times it's not even the the decision itself like takes a lot of bandwidth per se like your kids saying like mom what am I gonna wear today like okay whatever you know you open up the drawer and you pull out a pair of pants and you grab a t-shirt like right this is not like a ton went into that versus a decision where you're thinking like are we gonna take a week-long vacation and invest like you know, a couple thousand dollars into this experience. Like that's a much bigger decision where there's a lot more to weigh versus your kid asking you what they're going to wear that day. Mm -hmm. However, when those decisions keep getting stacked and stacked and stacked and you're the one making all of them. So it's not just what your kid's going to wear, but it's dropping them off at school and the teacher asking you something. And then you going to the grocery store and they don't have the main ingredient for the meal that you were going to make that night. So now you're deciding what meal you're going to make and you know the whole uh, your household managing your household and um shopping and just like when you stack that it becomes overwhelming yeah oh gosh absolutely i also think about this when i was planning uh our wedding like i reached decision fatigue so many times where i was just like i I can't make any more decisions today. I, I remember t- saying that so many times. And I was having so much fun through that entire process. And I didn't want to feel stressed out or overwhelmed about it. And so I consciously made a choice and commitment to myself in the pretty much in the very beginning that. I mean, I had to learn the lesson a couple times for to commit to myself that I was going to do this. But once I did commit to myself, I feel like I did a very good job of sticking to it. If I ever hit that point where like I was getting, I was frustrated about someone asking me a question, I'm like, all right, I'm at my limit. Yeah. I'm not making any more decisions today. Like if this is a decision that has to be made, it has to be made tomorrow because then you could end up making a decision that in the future you're going to be like, I wish I would have spent more time thinking about that. I would have made a different choice, right? 100%. So I think that like respecting that boundary is important too. Like you said, being conscious. 100%. I think about, you know, I, I kind of wish like this was one of the things I knew earlier on in my life, in my career. I don't, I don't know because I just feel like what you just said is huge. If you realize... 
like I'm done with making decisions today and I will, you know, delay the decision to another time when I'm actually, I've got mental energy, mental bandwidth. Um, I think you could save yourself a lot of trouble. And I don't know how many people actually do that or actually have that awareness to just say, I'm not making any more decisions today. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, like you said, sometimes you can't really help it, right? You don't determine the time of day right, that yeah. you make every single decision. Um, but I do think that there are a lot of things that we might think, oh my gosh, I'm on the I'm on with a client and we're having a meeting and they're asking me a question like I have to answer them right now. Like chances are you don't really have to. Exactly. Like it can probably wait. Yeah. Or recognize, <laughs> and, yeah. Recognize like actually we can sit on that for a day. Sure. And honestly, as the client, I would rather my mentor or, you know, whatever your capacity is to this person, if I'm the client, I would rather you do that than make some hasty decision because you feel pressured to in the moment. Like, I want you to think about it and I want you to be in a good headspace when you make that decision. So, like, I think we kind of have to recognize the expectations that we place on ourselves in some of these situations where we think it has to happen right now. Well, like, I don't know, take a step back and ask mm. yourself, does it really have to happen right now? Like, maybe not, right? Yeah. No, I think that awareness is huge. I'll take it back to a personal example where um, when mum was coming out of hospital and I was her primary carer for a while, I remember feeling, you know, quite overwhelmed with my responsibilities with the business, with looking after her and just maintaining all the other stuff that I normally um, have to do. And one of the things that I was, uh, I realized that I was making a decision on daily was like, well, I'd prepare for dinner what we'd have for dinner every night. Mm. And I was just, it, it just got to the point where it was like, oh, let's just have the same thing as we had last night or whatever. And I remember actually one night we just sat down and we came up with a rotating menu of what we would have for dinner Monday through to Sunday. And we just all were on the same page. I remember Omar was there as well. And, um, and it was just like, okay, at least now we know what we're going to have every single night for the next few weeks. And it just made everything easy, whether it was the, you know, getting the groceries for it, didn't have to think about what we were going to make that, that night. Um, and it was just a way to kind of automate that, that process of like, what are we going to eat every night? So helpful. I've done that so many times. I love planning out meals. Like I actually get a kick out of it. I make it fun. You know, I research and find different recipes and I do a lot of slow cooker stuff, which people always look at me like I'm crazy for like cooking hot stuff in Puerto Rico because, you know, usually you want that when it's like cold outside, but I love my crock pot and there are so many delicious things you can make in it where you literally just throw all the ingredients in, turn it on and then, you know, four hours, eight hours, six hours, however long the recipe is, um, it's ready. And I do so many meals that way. And the other great thing about it is that the quantity is a lot, right? So there's always leftovers. So I love doing at least a slow cooker meal a week. And then I have a couple different um, recipes where they're just my go-tos if I get pinched one day. Mm -hmm. Like maybe one day I think I'm going to like grilled chicken or do something, you know, kind of fancy for dinner. And then I, I end up working late or, you know, something happens, whatever. 
like chili, making a chili is one of my go-tos that I know I can throw a chili together in like 15 minutes. I remember and you it's made a great one of meal those. And I remember you made yeah. that for us when we stayed with you. It was delicious. Oh, <laughs> see, I love my chilies. They're so easy. Because <laughs> you were looking after guests, so you probably had to, you know, improvise yeah. that night. Where were you when I was making those that, that list? Because we got to Friday and we're like, right, we're out of ideas. We need two more meals, for two more nights. <laughs> I needed you. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, call me anytime if you need a good recipe because I've got loads of them that are like, I, I love cooking, but I'm not like an intricate cook. I'm more of a, I like trying to figure out what I can make that's really good in the least amount of time. So, um, all right. Well, do you have any other, so these are, you know, just a couple of examples of how decision fatigue can show up in your personal life. Do you have any others just on the personal side of things? You know, I talked about the wedding stuff and you talked about, um, you know, with your mom coming out of the hospital. Yeah. Another one of my go-tos is, um, to always make the next appointment at the appointment I'm at. I think we've talked about this before. Like if I'm, I've got, uh, yeah, if I'm at the at the hairdresser, if I'm at, a, at my dental appointment, whatever it is, at the end of that, yeah. you know how sometimes they say, do you want to rebook? I don't know why people say yes. no. Like, yes, I want to rebook right now. So I don't have to make the decision later on as to when am I going to come right. back? When can I fit it in? All of that. And that really helps. Like I do that with all the life or any recurring life appointment. I just make it at the, at the appointment. That's so good. I really like that. And, and yeah, it is funny how we kind of do have this habit of being like, oh, no, it's OK. I'll, I'll call to schedule. You're just creating more work for yourself. Exactly. And, and, and delaying a decision when really you could make that decision then and there. And then every right, and then when that day comes, then you know, like, okay, well, I can't schedule anything around that because you know, at that time, because I've already got an appointment. It's really simple, mm. but I I found that it helps. That's such a good one. Another one, um, I know we talked about our books on our previous episode, and I got this one from Jenny Blake's book, Free Time. And I think this one's really helpful when you are in a time of overwhelm or you know you've got a lot going on. Um, and it's the question to ask yourself that day, what's my job today? And to focus on literally like one thing, Mm -hmm. because maybe in, in that period of time, you might only really get one thing done. And it, you know, it could be, you know, that answer at that time could be just, you know, cook a meal for the family or maybe in our case, like I haven't been great. Let's just record a couple of episodes. That's all I'm going to get done mm-hmm. today. Um, and so I think that's quite helpful, like, to just really prioritize and say, well, that success for this day looks like if I get this one thing done because I can't do a million things. I can't make a million decisions. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that goes back to expectations, too. You know, we're so hard on ourselves and we think that in order to have like a good, productive, successful day, that it means we have to check 60 things off our list. And that's just crazy. Like, what if you looked at every single day as like, what would make today a win? Or, you know, in this case, what's my job today? And if that's one thing that you get done, like, awesome. Good for you. You got that one thing done. I I feel like we need to like start celebrating more the accomplishments versus focusing on the lack or like what didn't happen. Yeah, I agree. Um, She also talks about in the same vein, um, 
of setting up daily streaks. And I think you talked about this in the beginning when, um, you know, a decision becomes a habit. So I'm always going to work mm. out in the morning. No matter what, I won't schedule any meetings. My workout will get done at this time every single day. Um, and then you, you, you know, you build up a streak of however many days and you, you know, you keep going with that streak. It actually ends up, well, it actually ends up reducing decision fatigue because you've, you don't have to figure out what am I going to do in that in that moment? What am I going to yeah. do in the morning? I'm going to work out first thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of momentum in that too. Right. Yeah. And I was thinking when I did read that, I was thinking I had a question for you because she gives an example of uh, daily podcasting and how it got easier uh, through in in the, in that process, uh, once she did commit to daily podcasting, uh, that it became easier to create the ideas, to actually produce it, to get it out there and published, uh, because she was on that streak. And I was I thought about you mm. because you've done your hundred day goal challenge. Oh yeah, did it get easier? Yeah, it's funny that you bring that up because uh, I was just um I just finished writing out my uh, outline for day ninety seven today. Congrats! And uh, thank you. And one of my lessons, I think I shared with you that I had decided that my final 10 episodes were going to be me sharing my 10 lessons from the 100 Day Goal Challenge. And one of my lessons was around this idea that, you know, when I very first started, it was kind of like, oh my gosh, how do I just get this started? And then I got to maybe like day 10 or 15 and was thinking like, oh my gosh, 100 days is like so far away. (laughs) How am I going to (laughs) continue? Yeah, yeah. Or just like, what did I sign up for? (laughs) And then like maybe around day 50, it was like, oh my gosh, like we're halfway there. That's so exciting. This is awesome. And by day 70, it was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm already on day 70. And now here I am like, you know, drafting out day 97. And it's just like, now I can't believe it's almost over. And so yeah, I definitely think like, as I, you know, built that muscle, as I practiced it, as I did it daily, um, yeah, it does... I think you build this certain momentum or a streak, as it seems as how she's referring to it, that, yeah, it becomes, becomes like really fun. <laughs> it becomes fun. You know, and, and it, again, it takes out a, it takes out that decision making, um, element from it. So like another mm-hmm. example for me was with intermittent fasting when I was at the beginning and I was super committed. I had, didn't question the way I was going to, do my fasting I just kept going there wasn't there wasn't a question Mm -hmm. the second I started to do more research and tweak and all of that it interrupted what my decision was that every day I would just do this 16 hour fast oh no maybe today I should do an 18 hour fast maybe today I should skip because I did a longer fast so I think Mm -hmm. like this is a really good reminder um, that it's yeah that having that momentum can make a huge difference. Actually, sticking with uh, what you, what it is that you want to do, and also not waste time making the decision: should I, how long, when, what time, all mm-hmm. that. <laughs> or like doubting uh, doubting yourself. Like, what's the worst that can happen? You make the decision, you try it, and then you don't like it. Make the decision to stop. <laughs> right, exactly. It's energy yeah. draining. It really drains you. Totally, totally. Oh, these are good ones. Mm. Really good. 
All right, Nicole. Well, these have been great examples of how decision fatigue might show up in your personal life. But I know we also said that we were going to discuss um, from a business perspective as well, which, you know, in my experience, I I think I've felt it a lot more in business related things. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) You know, because we we talk about like the frustration, the overwhelm, but I I think in terms of like making mistakes, I think that that's how it comes up in business for me a lot um, is that decision fatigues when I'm trying to do things after I'm already maxed out, I, I do start to make mistakes. Things slip through the cracks. Maybe I make decisions that aren't the smartest decisions. And I know that at one point you mentioned having your team um, write lists, have checklists, um, processes, so that they actually have an SOP to follow. So you don't really have to ask yourself or quote unquote decide like what the next step is going to be. All you have to do is is follow the list that you've created, which is so smart. Like. I think everybody should be doing this, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I know you talk about it a lot too, right? When you're talking about systems, but having those SOPs or standard operating procedures, as boring as they sound, it takes the decision out of the equation because you don't have Mm -hmm. to decide, should I send that email now? Should I schedule that call now? What do I do first, second, third? It's already laid out in in a checklist. And so for our team, like I don't want them – A, I don't want them constantly making a decision again and again when it's already – a process is already in place. Like why would we have to think about like what we're going to do first, second, third? There's, yeah. a, there's a procedure. So th- you don't want them doing that. And you also don't want them missing steps as well. So it's just super easy mm-hmm. when it's a simple uh, checklist. I've done this in so many areas of my business. Like I have a checklist or some type of like reference that I've created for everything that I do because that just results in you making silly mistakes. Like to your point, you already have all the steps you need to take. Why not create a checklist and have it there for yourself? Like I remember the first time that I forgot to hit record on a podcast episode. I got to the end of that podcast episode. I was so upset with myself, so disappointed because all I needed to do was follow the process. And I, Apparently, my decision to not hit record (laughs) was because I was just like so flustered or overwhelmed or tired or whatever the reason that I didn't hit record was like that could have just been completely avoided. Yeah, I, you know, I also think like we're just managing I think it's everyone, like not just us. Like I feel like in general, people tend to be managing a lot in their life and and I find that when I've got so many things going at the one time in business, in life, I just don't want to, I do forget where I am at a certain point in a process. It might be, I don't know, like a sponsorship deal or something. I need to go back and just go, where was I in the process? If I've got a checklist, then I could just go, okay, this is where I, where I left off, pick up from where I left off rather than like yeah. trying to find things, dig through email threads, any of that. Um, so I'm a huge fan. And I think this comes big into play too with like customer service too, right? Like I have certain, you know, scripts or responses that I share with our team of like common questions or things that people ask a lot. It's like, 
I don't want them to have to try and make a decision about how they should answer that because I already know how I want it to be answered. Right. And so why not have like these really helpful things that anyone who's, uh, you know, interfacing with customers like already knows how to answer it. They don't have to sit there and use all their mental bandwidth on trying to figure out how to reply to this person. Like this is what we should be saying in response to these types of things. Of course, there are things that you won't be able to do that with. And there are one off questions here and there. And that's fine. But why would you not for the majority of the things that you can just head that off? I, I don't know why my mind went to my uh, packing list that I have on my mm. phone. And I have a, a note on my phone that is packing list, travel packing list always. And it literally has just all the different categories of all the things I need to pack. And sure, on some trips, depending on the length, I might not need certain things. But I just found myself, this was when we were in the States, you know, traveling every month for a conference. I'd be sitting there revisiting, what am I going to pack this time? I was like, I'm just going to do this once. And I've had this list on my phone for like eight years now. And I just always go back to it. Trip, beautiful, open it up. And, and and there's my list. So I even do it for like personal things like that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can I make an admission? What? Go. Yes. <laughs> John gives me such a hard time for this because I'm obsessed with lists. I'm all about the checklist. I'm all about the process. I don't have a pack list. <gasps> No, <laughs> I know. I'm embarrassed. I, I actually did second guess, or I thought about it before I admitted it. But I'm happy to admit it and be transparent about it. I don't know. I just feel like when I pack, I have like this mental thing where I go to each space and within each space, like physical space that I visit, like mm -hmm. I know what I need from that physical space. And that's kind of my checklist. But this goes against everything that I believe. So I really feel like today is the day that I actually create my pack checklist. <laughs> yes, I think the way it actually came about was we traveled and Omar forgot to pack his mic. Oh. Um, which he, he takes on the road if he has to do important you know, mm -hmm, yeah and from that day it was like oh no no we cannot forget crucial items and so i've got yeah. a little category like business it'll be the charges um selfie stick mics cables mm -hmm. all of those things um yeah whenever i ask john for something when we're traveling he always says should have been on your checklist <laughs> But he's nice and he shares it with me. <laughs> oh, uh, ooh, well, I know what my to do is. I, I am making the decision to create my, my travel checklist, my pack list. <laughs> well, you are traveling soon, aren't you? I am traveling soon. Oh, my goodness. We still need like an episode dedicated to our trip that we get to take together, which we just had a super fun planning session for recently, by the way. Oh, so excited. I know. Have we'll, we'll reveal all soon. <laughs> yes. Coming soon, friends. Coming soon. Well, Nicole, I loved chatting about this, even though it kind of sounds funny to say that I loved chatting about decision fatigue. I don't know. I am super passionate about decisions and efficiency and checklists and processes. And I feel like that's all related. And I think that everybody deserves to take 
overwhelm and mistakes and exhaustion off their list of things to worry about. So I agree. I'm all about preserving energy and, you know, trying to make the best decisions. And I think self-awareness is the first is the first step. So I'm glad we talked about this. Yeah. Big takeaway. Big takeaway for sure. Well, as we close out today's chat on decision fatigue, we hope that you friends have picked up a thing or two you can carry with you today and moving forward to give you that extra boost of confidence and support when you need it most. And friends, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you have a friend in mind who might also enjoy our chats, share the podcast with them too. Send them to canrelatepodcast.com or have them search Nicole and Kate Can Relate on their favorite podcast app. Until next time.